Welcome to the Book Club Podcast. Today I'm here with four of my students and we're going to be talking about Crime Travelers Brainwashed. Um, have each of them introduce themselves and say one thing that they love to do. Hi, I'm Paige and I love basketball. Hi, I'm Kate and I like to play stuff. Hi, I'm McKenna and I love softball. Hi, I'm Tatiana and I love to read. And uh, we're all here to discuss crime travelers. Before we get to our discussion, we're going to have our celebrity reader read a portion from this book. Uh, who's our celebrity reader this week and what is she going to be reading about? Um, our celebrity reader is Mrs. Chooch, and she's going to be reading one of the first few chapters. Nice. And what, what in particular happens in this chapter that we should pay attention to? Well, it's like when Lucas first finds out about like what's actually happening and he finds out what they're going to do. Awesome. So we're going to listen to that, and then we'll come back and have a discussion about this book. Enjoy. No matter how bad your past is, you still don't want it erased. Chapter 33, The Brainwashing Ceremony. Jackknife looked like he had just come from the hospital. His skin was ashen, his lips were dry and cracking, and his bloodshot eyes were rolling around in his head. Lucas ran to him. Come on, Jackknife, he said, shaking him. Wake up. Travis was glum. It's not going to work. Nalini looked to Travis, the brainwashing expert, for an answer. What's going on? Travis explained. What I've read is that sometimes they give you a medicine before the actual brainwashing ceremony. A drug, you mean, Lucas said. He turned to Jackknife. Hey, buddy, what did they give you? Jackknife moaned and drooled when he talked, little bubbles of spit popping on his lips. About 20 minutes after I swallowed some good drink called nepthine, he said. He stopped for a second and swallowed hard. I felt this, like, tingling up my spine. His breathing was forced. Then I couldn't remember. He dropped his head. But I always knew, I always knew you guys would come back. Astrid said, Lucas is the only one who really got us here. Thank him. Jackknife said nothing. He had already fallen back into his dead sleep. The side door to this room opened with a creak. Fearing the worst, Miss Gennaro, they all turned to see who was there. Erve, Astrid said. What are you doing here? And why are you just showing up everywhere? Erve put his finger to his lips and whispered, Madame Gennaro thinks she can control me that I'm still a good boy, but it's not true. He pointed his cane at Jackknife. Listen, your friend here has been drugged so that the brainwashing works better on his brain. Astrid said, that's what Travis just said. Excuse me, Nalini said to Astrid. Do you know this guy? Oh yeah, sorry, said Astrid. She put Ginny on the bench next to Jackknife. Hervé met us when we first got to Paris. Long story, but he used to be a Karakian, and now he is undoing his brainwashing and helping us. Travis suddenly seemed very interested in Hervé. How do you undo a brainwashing? If something can be learned, then it can be unlearned, Hervé explained. 
Brainwashing is essentially a way of teaching or convincing your brain over time to do something in a certain way. Travis said, just like when you listen to a song and it gets stuck in your head. Exactly, said Hervé. Music is a form of brainwashing. But as always, there is good music and bad music. I still don't understand, Astra said. Why would Miss Gennaro do the ceremony in a cathedral? It's so disrespectful. Hervé explained, The ceremony in the church has not worked very well, but Madame Gennaro still loves it. It's the oldest brainwashing method at the Good Company. It's essentially a series of chants that she says over and over for a year until the person does exactly what she says. Why is the success rate so low? Travis asked. Ha, said Hervé. This is where we have an advantage. Madame Gennaro doesn't know that the bells can block a brainwashing. The nuns at the good hospitals figured this out a long time ago. This is why they often secretly give children bells. And this is why some in the good company are not brainwashed. Lucas was shocked. Astra's mother gave me a bell before... It didn't come from her mother, Hervé said, correcting Lucas. I imagine that bell came from the nuns of the good orphanage in Tierra del Fuego. Lucas looked back at Hervé, for whom he felt a little sympathy. The French boy had worked hard to undo whatever it was that Mess Gennaro had done to him. Lucas asked, What's back there in that room you just came out of? The four altar boys. What else? A bench, said Hervé. Closets? Are the altar boy clothes in those closets? Lucas asked. But of course, said Hervé. Lucas wanted more answers. How many altar boys does Ms. Gennaro need for this ceremony today? Four. Lucas eyed his three other friends. Let's change actors in this play, he said. Hervé, would you get us four robes? Quick, please. You've got to be kidding, said Astrid. Good idea, said Hervé. He clumped on his cane and moved into the room. Moments later, he returned with four robes. I can't believe you want us to change clothes again, said Astrid. In less than a minute, Nalini, Travis, Lucas, and Astrid were dressed as altar boys in hooded robes that nearly covered their faces. They all looked at one another. Well, said Astrid, at least it's better than the housekeeper's uniforms Lucas had us in back at the Good Hotel. We all look like the Grim Reapers, said Travis. Suddenly, there came a skin-against-skin slapping sound, then another slap, followed by a baby's giggle. The baby Jenny, said Nalini. When they turned, they saw Jenny sitting in Jackknife's lap, slapping him across the cheek with her little hand. With each slap, Jackknife puttered his lips, and Jenny giggled. Nalini picked the baby up. Jackknife uttered, what? And then his chin slumped on his chest. Travis got in Jackknife's face. Your name, he said, chanting in a monotone. Your name is Paulo Cabral. Your nickname is Jackknife. Say it. I am from Brazil. I am from Brazil, moaned Jackknife. His head rolled back. Then he muttered, Brazil home of the best football players in the world. That's a good sign, said Travis. Even though, Lucas said, they're not really the best soccer team. 
Argentina is. Travis joined in. The Americans will win the next World Cup, no question about it. Hey guys, said Astrid, no time to argue. From the hallway, they all heard the voice that no one was ready to hear. Standing in their robes, Lucas, Astrid, Nalini, and Travis bowed their heads and shielded their faces. Miss Gennaro didn't come into the room. Hervé, she called through the closed door. Yes, madame, said Hervé. Have the altar boys bring me jackknife now, she said, before the prep medicine wears off. Right away, said Hervé. And Hervé? Yes, madame, he answered. Call our safe house, Miss Gennaro said, and have them send over the four other inductees. Anything for you, madame, he said, rolling his eyes at the foursome. They could already hear the fading sound of Miss Gennaro's heels clomping down the hallway. Lucas asked, Can you keep Jenny here by yourself? But of course, Hervé said. Hervé, said Travis, Is there some sort of code or math sequence to the bells? Like a Fibonacci number? Madame Gennaro is original, said Hervé. She would never do what someone else has done before. If you want to help Jackknife, distract him with bells. That's all. Lucas and Travis helped Jackknife to his feet. Astrid led the group out of the room, and they stopped just before the altar steps in the main church. With her head down, Miss Gennaro was standing in the middle of the choir section just behind the altar. The organ began to play. That's Bach, said Lucas. Toccata and fugue, said Nalini. Travis looked like he just realized something clever. In D minor, he said pensively. That's the key to the language. Well, said Astrid, Mr. Salati would be so impressed with all his music students. As the organ played, Miss Gennaro stood with her eyes closed. I've read about this, Travis said. If she's doing the ceremony by the book, She'll raise her arms in the middle of the song and then call us up to her. Miss Gennaro stood several meters away from the semicircle of kneelers and chairs. A slight fog seeped from the hem of her robe as she raised her arms. Perfect, said Travis excitedly. When we're on the kneelers, keep your heads down so she doesn't recognize us. Like Hervé said, ring the bells to distract Jackknife and block Miss Gennaro's message. The organ began playing loudly, and the whole cathedral filled with church music. The tourist seemed mesmerized. Miss Gennaro signaled for the altar boys to come and join her. This is it, said Travis. I can't believe we're doing this. Okay, welcome back. Thanks again to Mrs. Chooch for reading that section of the book for us. Um, let's get talking about this book. One of the first things that's interesting about this book is that it's in the spy genre. And it's definitely written for people who love spy books. I'm wondering, can one of you tell me um, why, why are spy books so interesting to you? Um, well, personally, I like kind of like mysteries. And I like how they have to like solve a problem in the book. I also like how there's a lot of action and you don't really know what's going to happen next. Yeah, and one of the great things about spy books is that, you know, the main characters are really interesting. They have lots of talents. Who can talk to me about some of the characters in this book and the things that they're good at that make them interesting? 
Well, I thought that the main characters, like all of them, were very intelligent. And the good ones, they were trained at this special spy school. And they know how to, like, zip line and go down buildings. It's super cool. And then Lucas is the main good character. And his dad owns the hotel that the special school is held at. And right after he was adopted, his mom died in a fairy explosion. There are also some bad characters, and Mrs. Gunero uh, is the main evil character, and she was behind the killing of Lucas's mom. Besides Lucas and uh, Mrs. Gunero, who are the other characters that readers or listeners might want to know about? Well, uh, Astrid is Lucas's older brother, and they have a few friends, older sister, sorry, and they have a few friends like Jackknife and Hervé. And they are also really skilled. And then there's this little baby that's really skilled and can, like, talk. And she's only, like, a few months old. And her name is Jeannie. Nice. Kate, who was your favorite character and why? Um, Mine was Lucas because he was very, like, brave and, like, a go-getter person. What's what's a situation in which you thought that he was brave? Um, When, like, he was, like, still brave when he got kidnapped. And um, he was, like, still, like, just ready to do more. Even if, like, if that happened to me, I'd be, like, freaked out. Tatiana, you were telling me earlier that you felt like uh, there was a character that didn't get developed enough in this story. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, for me, it was her V. (laughs) Because in the beginning, he was kind of secretive. And I personally felt like he was hiding a lot of things. And I don't think the author really got to, we didn't really get to know him. Um, Paige, what is something that you really loved about this book? Well, um, I like the theme because I like mystery books and how um, like they, they always have a problem that they have to solve and like get around it. And I love the ending of the book because um, I'm not going to spoil, spoil it, but Lucas has to make a choice between him and his friends. And in some of the chapters, it leaves you like in a mystery and so you just want to kind of like go into the next chapter and you keep reading. We have a couple questions from some of our listeners that I want to ask you all. Uh, the first one comes from Matthew and he wants to know about the title Crime Travelers. That's a really interesting title. Mm-hmm. And then Brainwashed. Can anybody break down you know, what this title means? Well, for Crime Travelers, they go all over the world <clears throat> to stop like these huge uh, child trafficking like little organizations, and then brainwash the evil people, brainwash the kids to be their servants. And uh, Ashley has a question for us about Lucas getting kidnapped. Uh, Who can tell us more about that situation, why Lucas gets kidnapped? Who would want to do that and why? Well, um, the evil company, they're called the Good Company, and so... Like, three of the boys, they come in the middle of the night to Lucas's dad's hotel, and they kidnap him and throw him in the back of the van. And then the one of the boys yells, stop, and they all fall out. And then the good company boys say that they're on Lucas's side, but they're not. Nice. Um, 
It seems like, you know, Tatiana expressed some something that she'd want to give feedback to the author. Does anybody else, if, if they could talk to the author right now, is there any other feedback you'd want to give, positive or negative, or questions you might ask the author? Uh, yeah. For me personally, I thought that he introduced too many characters, like, at once. And we didn't really know, get to know, like, I thought that we didn't really get to know the characters as much as I would want, want wanted and like, the, their background story. Um, I agree with Paige. Like he kind of threw it at us. Why? Why we just wanted to get more knowledge about these characters. I also thought that they went from like there would be one chapter in one place, and then another chapter in another place, and then one chapter that's in the past, and one chapter that's in the now, and that was kind of confusing at times. Uh, Andrew wants to know if this uh, book has anything to do about time travel. When you talk about moving from, from past to future, is that anything to do with time travel or what's that all about? Not really. It's just Mrs. Gunera, like she has a past with the new re resistance. And so uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with time traveling or crime traveling. <laughs> Yeah, and they also, um, they have to, like, go, like, to different countries and stuff and to go, like, to follow them because they're planning this, like, big, like, kidnap and stuff, and they want to stop it, so they have to, like, they're kind of, like, following them. Our listener, Luke, wants to know a little bit more about Lucas's background and, you know, why he got into spy school and what's going on with his mother and adoption, so who can explain that a little bit? Well, um, Lucas's mother was a maid, and then she put him up for adoption because she knew Mrs. Gunera was coming for him. So then when his new mom adopted him, um, Mrs. Gunera, like, exploded the ferry that Lucas and his new mom were traveling on, and then the nuns were also with them, and so they put him in a little cooler and set him off, and then his... Then a new set of nuns actually found him and gave him to his dad. And so his dad owned the hotel and, like, the whole new resistance uh, organization. So that's how it got into spy stuff. There's a lot of really um, interesting scenes in this book and action-packed scenes. Uh, maybe each of you or a few of you can tell me about one of the chapters that you really liked best. Well, I actually liked the brainwashing ceremony because in that chapter, their friend Jackknife is going to be brainwashed and they have to try to unbrainwash him. So I found it was one of the most exciting and interesting chapters. Well, uh, my favorite chapter was actually the second chapter because um, that's when he finds Jeannie and he has to... Uh, rappel down in a building and then his teacher gets super mad at him and but he gets to like keep Jeannie with him and this is the chapter that he actually gets kidnapped yeah I would agree with McKenna because I thought that that chapter that he had to like he, he um he had to like kind of face like some challenges in that and he try he got around them um, I also like that chapter because it was very like action filled and he had to go through a lot of challenges and do very like action, a lot of action in that. So it was very interesting. 
One of the quotes that stood out to me uh, when I was reading this book, I wanted to share with you and see how you think it connects to maybe the larger theme that the author was trying to get across to us. So um, there's a short quote, but it says, no matter how bad your past is, you still don't want it erased. Yeah. Who can can explain this quote to me? Uh, Well, personally, like, yeah, I've done like maybe some like actions that you may regret, but um, all like you, there's also some good times that you want it, want it, want it to like be erased, and it kind of like Lucas, he um, his mother died in the ferry boat, but um, he kind of focuses on like kind of the bad stuff. But I feel like he has like he probably has like a lot of good memories, maybe with his like dad or something. And also. They're talking about, like, their past being erased because when Mrs. Grunero's organization uh, brainwashes the people, it, like, erases their memories. And so they're talking about how they, even if your past is bad and you regret a lot of things and you're sad about a bunch of things, you still don't want that stuff to be erased. Yeah. And the ending of this book, we know, uh, you know, there's – there's a very suspenseful ending. I don't want to spoil it for any of our listeners, but we can talk in general about the ending of this book and what happens. Well, um, Lucas, he needs to make a choice, and he needs to make a choice between himself or some of his or his friends. And um, personally, I thought that he made the wrong choice. I mean, I just personally, but. And he doesn't. He has to do it in like a short amount of time. He has to think about what he should do. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so we definitely recommend that you read the book so that you can see that choice and try and decide for yourself whether you think you made the right or wrong choice. Um, One of the great things about Crime Travelers is that it's a series, so if you're interested in this first book, then there's many more of them to read. Um, Two more, it's a trilogy, is that right? Perfect, so there's two more of these books to read if you like the first one. Um, For you all, what other books would you want to recommend to our listeners if they enjoyed Crime Travelers? Oh, well, yeah, I, I'm i kind of like, I was reading this book called Spy School. It's kind of similar to this, and it's kind of just like a school for spies, and the main character has to, like, go on this trip. I would also recommend a book called The Candy Makers. It's really long, but it's also filled with a lot of action, and all of this happens at a candy factory, so it's pretty cool. Um, I actually agree with Paige that I think Spy School is a good book because they're similar in many ways, but also a little different. So they're a lot of fun to read. Um, I also think the um, the second book of tri- kind, Crime Travelers because um, it's like very it's like similar, but it's very like adventurous, and you never want to stop reading. You just want to keep going on to the next page and all the way until your end. Nice. And let's give our final ratings for. Crime Travelers Brainwashed. What do each of you give this in terms of a, a star rating? Um, I would do a 4.5 out of 5 stars because um, I just thought that he introduced too many characters at once. Um, I would give it a 4 star rating. I would also give it a 4.5 star rating because he kind of confused me at sometimes with the characters and the places. I give it a 4 star rating because also at times I got a little confused with the book so it was sometimes hard to understand yeah but overall I thought that it was like a really good book yeah yeah
Awesome. Well, thank you to all of our listeners with their great questions today. And also to Tatiana, McKenna, Kate, and Paige for sharing this awesome book with us.